podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Face Off. This is the post-match for the Man United game. I have a bit of a cold. I will not whinge about that, but if I'm a bit sniffly in this podcast, I can't do anything. I'm sorry. But I'll introduce my guest before we get into this brilliant, brilliant game, because we finally bloody beat Manchester United. And joining me is my partner in crime over on One Up, Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, guy. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Especially after yesterday. I mean, what a day. Definitely. What a bloody day. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. But joining us, unfortunately, we couldn't have a Man United fan. I mean, it's a usual struggle. Uh, I don't have the same connections as Harry. He's more popular than me. But uh, Jay Reid joining us. I thought I'd get a scouter in just to add, 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 on to the, add on to the loveliness of this podcast. You couldn't have got more down the M62 if you tried from Manchester there, could you? No. <laughs> but yeah, great. Good to be with you guys. So uh, let's get into this and pick the bones out of what was a lovely win. Oh, aye, absolutely. But I'll start with you then, Jay. I mean, starting 11s, I think it's finally fair. It's it's fair that we've been one in this midfield for a while. Uh, possibly not catering his usual midfield role, but uh, I mean... It was what we wanted, wasn't it? Yeah, it's what we've been after all season, isn't it? We've been, I mean, myself, I've been asking for this midfield three in whatever way, shape we line up to start a game. And it seems as though going from the midweek of the more flat midfield three with Henderson and Milner alongside Ginny, then Klopp identified this game as the one where he was going to target Manchester United and their flat midfield two or four or back eight or however they want to line up <laughs> um, that he was going to use the players that obviously he brought in the summer that he identified that we needed so it was good to see Cater on the pitch I mean coming from the left he did find himself drifting in field as well and did break from the middle a lot of times and it, just his ability to carry the ball forward as well as Fabinho's much more urgent play and progressive play so yeah it was what we wanted um, we probably won't see them again on, on Friday. And if it's just a case of playing game by game, horses for courses, then this was certainly the course that these horses would run and they ran riots. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Carl, your thoughts on that starting 11? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't honestly know what to expect. I mean, obviously, the front three picks itself, and, you know, I thought the back five would pick itself coming up to the game because I expected Milner to be fit and I thought he'd probably start it right back. Um, although I was glad to, to know that Klein was an option. Obviously, Milner got injured, Klein came in, and, you know, a few people, I remember my, my before the game, my brother, when I, I informed him Klein was starting, he, he was, like, worried because, you know, why wouldn't he be when the guy hasn't played a competitive game since September, I think? And before that, that was his first competitive game in, in some time. But obviously he done well, and we'll, we'll get on to that later. But the midfield was the real question. You know, 
we knew probably if Milner played, he'd be right back. But as to the others, you know, would it be Fabinho, Henderson, Genie, Kaita, or, Sh- or Shakiri? Didn't know. I knew I, I kind of expected one of either Kaita or Shakiri to start, given you know how our games against United have have gone and our inability to break them down. So I thought someone who can kind of get in between the lines would be important. And obviously Klopp, Klopp for seeing that. But I think I was happy with the three he went with, though. I think that's the the midfield three that we want to be seeing for the large part. And I think it shows when it plays that it is probably our most talented midfield. So um, I, I think Klopp got it right. Obviously, the, the proof is, is in the result. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, Carl, I'll stick with you. I mean, they're uh, Man United starting 11. Um, obviously, it's missing Pogba, uh, Martial, who's been injured, so that might be more of it. But it, it, especially in Pogba's case, I mean, they're, they're just a mess at the moment. It, it really showed in their starting 11. I mean, I wasn't sure if it was a back. Well, it ended up being a back eight, didn't it? Let's be honest. But <laughs> we wasn't sure if it was meant to start as a back three, back five, back four, who was playing where. But I think it ended up being like a back five with Ashley Young playing wing back with Darmy on centre back. But it didn't really matter in the end. It just turned into a big mess, didn't it? Yeah, I think like they, they just couldn't maintain their shape. Like in the run up to the game, obviously during the week, the talk on Twitter had been that he was going to go with a kind of a four three three of sorts and you know there was talk of Matage, Herrera and Fellaini which obviously we did see for a spell in the second half and then obviously the front three you know we knew Lukaku and Rashford would start given how well they did against us last season at Old Trafford but the real question mark was who'd be on the other side would it be you know Lingard or would it be Mata you know would he go at Lingard's energy and pace or would he go at Mata's Wanfield, as the United fans are billing it, you know, is is good record against us. But obviously he went with Lingard and it somewhat paid dividends, I suppose. But, um, you know, it's but the big surprise for me was the the fact that that was wrong, because that that would be what I expected would have been the 4-3-3. The fact that he went with Dallas over Fellaini and then went with a, a back five as a result what uh, was quite surprising because I think I think when you're playing against a team like Liverpool, Pool, while for to a degree it did, as I'm sure we'll touch on it, 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 they managed to mark Salah out of the game in the first half for large parts. You know, ultimately you're still inviting so much pressure on by having a back five. Like so, I just I'm not sure whether Jose just I don't think he had any idea how to deal with us and, and he, he just went with the kind of the fallback f- plan and, and evidently it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Jay, I mean, were you, I know Pogba's, I think it's fair to say he's hugely talented, but it's not happened for him in England. But he is the sort of player who, even if he's had a horrendous season, which he has, you're happy he's not in the team, aren't you? Yeah, because on, on his day, he is, he's a dangerous player and, We've all seen the ability he's got. He showed it in the World Cup for France. He, when he wants to, he can run a game. But in the lead-up to the match, of course, a little bit of sky and Roy Keane and Gary Neville were saying, it seems as though Jose is just now picking the players he trusts mm-hmm. that'll do a job for 90 minutes. And that that showed it in his lineup. And he come with the one tactic of, I want to get out of here with a draw. He would have reveled in getting that one all because not only would he have got a draw, he would have got a goal against us. And he did say after the game it was one all because two shots were deflected. But I think the stats say it was 3-1 Jose. So 
you can forget that one. But his plan was clearly keep it tight at the back, try and force us into crossing the ball, keep it tight on Salah, and then bring Fellaini on in the second half. I think he was rushed into the substitution given the way we were controlling the game. He wanted to get a bit more back in the field. And if his plan was clearly to bring Fellaini on, keep it tight, and maybe try and nick something towards the end. But we never let them get out their own half, fairly. So I was glad that Martial wasn't fit or fully fit because, for me, he's their big danger man. Rashford, as good as a talent he is, if you do get stuck into him, he can sort of go a little bit hiding. So mm-hmm. I was hoping that had Klein not have been fit or Milner would have been playing that, get one early and force him out the game. And obviously, Lukaku up front, well, you'll take that every day, the form he's in. He's clearly not the player he was 18 months ago or two to three years ago when he was uh, coming to Anfield and causing problems. So I, I, when they announced their lineup, you, you just don't automatically know this is our game for the taking. Whatever way we want to do it, we're, we're going to do it. So thanks, Jose. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best way of putting it. But, um, Jay, I, I know you were in the stadium, weren't you? But um, yeah, they obviously score an offside goal straight. I mean, it's a, one of the most obvious offsides going. But uh, I mean, we, I think it was four minutes, didn't we? Were you thinking they're gonna, they're gonna screw, they're just gonna get one of them jammy ass wins again? Were you thinking that when they scored an offside goal? No, because. I mean, from where I was sat, I was in the Anfield Road then, so it was far away from, as possible wow. from where the goal actually went in. So it went in and straight away, you'd, you'd automatically look at the linesman and that flag was right up. So you just knew. And sort of from Alisson's movements, it was like he expected it to be offside. We've caught so many teams with that offside trap this season coming from free kicks where they play the ball into the box and we, we have held a really tight line and I'm sure that's down to a lot of work on the training field and having the key organisers in Van Dijk at the back, keeping them all in check. And I'm sure we've got to give a little shout out to Manny for what he done <laughs> to catch Lukaku offside. I mean, that's a no contest really in body size. He shouldn't be getting pushed away like he did there. And he pushed him a good two to three feet. And I think I mentioned it last night. I don't know if it was on uh, Discord or whether on Twitter, but mm. these are the marginal gains that we need. Like, Man City have got Fernandinho. We get away with murder every single week. You've got to run that tightrope. If you get caught, you get caught. I don't think you would have been given anything else other than a free kick at that time, given the position on the pitch. But if VAR is going to come in next season, that might nip this in the bud. But it's not here now. So let's just play to every advantage we can get. It's going to be the 1% that are going to win us this league or lose us this league this season. If, if that was the 1% that won us that game yesterday, then we take it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that Barney push. I didn't spot it in the game, but people on Twitter, it's just brilliant. No, I didn't. I didn't know until I got <laughs> home and people were shouting, "Check out Manny!" You know, like, what's he done? And then you see, actually see, and you think that's genius. But he's got that little bit of snide at the end. I mean, he'll go down when he has to go down, and he's a clever player in that regard. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a beautiful little shit house. <laughs> um, but Carl, I mean, I, I won't ask you on the offside goal. I thought I'd ask you because Jay was there. But is that first twenty-five, thirty-minute period? Obviously, we get the goal. We'll come on to that. But is is that is that some of the best football we've played this season, Carl? 
Um, I mean, I think it's it's certainly up there. Um, I mean, I, I think we have been better at times, and I, I think the one criticism I'd have is maybe the final ball or the final touch just wasn't quite there um, at, at times from, from certain players, particularly Manny, but obviously he, he kind of made up for that. But, um, you know, the, the build-up play was fantastic. Like, I mean, some of the, the, the one-touch football at points and, you know, some of the passing, especially from Fabinho, who, who I'm sure will more than touch on, um, you know, was fantastic. And, and you, you have to credit. And, and for me, what was great was the tempo. I think we, we've started slowly against United in a lot of recent games. And, and then we've struggled at times then to, to kind of get into the game. You know, they, they've nicked a goal or, or that, and, and we've been punished for the slow start. But, you know, for me, the most important thing was the tempo. And I, I think when, when this side plays with tempo and, you know, I, I don't think there's any stopping us. And I, I think that that showed. And, and United, obviously, they were afraid. You know, I, I think United obviously had a plan, keep it tight, kind of show they weren't there to be bullied. I mean, we've seen early on Rashford went in hard on a challenge and, Ashley Young on, on Salah out on the wing shortly before our goal. Um, so that that was obviously what they were trying to do. But the, despite their, their efforts, they were afraid of us. You know, they they, they couldn't handle the, the the movement and the pressing. And, the you know, we, you know, Jose Mourinho said it himself. You know, we were just far too physical for them, far too too quick. And, I mean, it, it was the, the tempo for me was the, the stand up of standout feature of that that opening 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that we just seem to just stop them from doing everything. And I mean, the bloke I'm going to talk about here, um, you can obviously talk about the football as well, Jay, but um, Fabinho, for me, that that first half, he was brilliant overall in the game, but that 30 minutes, he was just he was just on another level from I've not seen in midfield for a good for a long bloody while. No, he was everywhere, wasn't he? Like, it, it's the legs as well. I think it makes it look... Even better when you just see him nipping in with these big, long, rangy legs. He just makes it look effortless. And he was popping up the right-hand side, the left-hand side, between the back two, behind the front three. He was everywhere. And we've, we've not had a dynamic midfielder like that for a while. I mean, I'm not going to say his name, the most dynamic fielder we had plenty of years ago, like five, seven, 15 years ago. He was the one that carried the club. But somebody who could do a bit of everything, he could tackle, he could pass. He had a few efforts on goal. He he certainly made a difference yesterday. And I think he won a lot of fans yesterday because people were doubting him. And you get the idiots in the media and the pundits who they just see what they want to see. They don't actually look at the game properly. They just see the names that they know. And Fabinho isn't a glamorous player that everyone knew around Europe. He'd come in sort of under the radar because it was after the uh, Champions League final. So... It being better than slowly, and we knew we knew this was what Klopp was going to do. But his performance yesterday, if if you're not on the Fabinho training after yesterday, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Really, you really need to get behind this lad, and he might not feature against Wolves or Newcastle because he might not be needed. But come Arsenal and Man City in a couple of weeks' time, he's going to be needed big time. And if he can put a performance in like that, it'll go a long way to getting us some valuable points in them games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Carl, Jay's obviously talked about that. I mean, he's not going to compare it with Gerard, but he does have certain traits of Gerard. But, I mean, when we signed Fabinho, I thought he was just going to be this bloke who just sat and let everyone else do his thing. But he's 
so much more well-rounded than I expected. I'm not going to say I've watched Monaco. I only watched Monaco in the Champions League when they got to the semi-final, but he's just so much more than I expected, Carl. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm certainly there with you on that. I mean, obviously I'd watched him a, a handful of times for, for Monaco and, and seen that certainly, you know, he, he had box-to-box elements to his game, but like largely I was, I was impressed obviously by his, his tough tackling and that and kind of no-nonsense attitude in the middle of the park. But, you know, he's, he's yesterday was like a complete game from him. I mean, the, the passes like, you know, over the top, just pinpoint time and time again, you know, thundering into tackles. Even I remember at one point dribbled past the United player and played in Mane, who should have probably done better with his shot and um, hitting it directly after Haya. But, I mean, he he just did everything. And I think it's been a long time since we've had a midfielder that, you know, can, can put in that complete, performance we'd see it from Emery Chan you know certain games but it, it just wasn't there consistently enough and I felt when we signed Fabinho I was hopeful that we'd, we'd gotten a player who you know it was a shame to lose Chan on a free but I was hoping even if he cost us 40 million that we would have gotten a, a better player and furthermore a, a more consistent player and I'm hopeful we have you know based on what we've seen from from Fabinho in the past couple of weeks because he's been immense. He's he's possibly been our best player in the the, the past few games. And I mean, I'm glad that kind of you know fans like like ourselves that have been patient with him, patient with him, are finally kind of seeing the results of that rather than some fans who were writing him off after a couple of months, which is ridiculous. I think if we wrote players off after a couple of months, Robertson, Oxlade, none of them would be at the club anymore, you know, because they were slow starters as well, because that's the way Klopp does things. So, I mean, I'm yeah. really impressed with Fabinho, and I, I thought he was brilliant yesterday, and, and I can't say enough positive things about his, his his performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jay, his, his assist for the first goal, I mean, we'll talk about mine as well, but it's just a smashing ball, isn't it? Oh yeah, I, I, after they'd gone in and you know recomposed myself and settled the heart rate down a few meters, then I said to me mate, it was like he just looked got his head up like a golfer and right, right, which club do I need? Right, so I'll just get the chip, chip and wedge out here and just dink the ball over right on cue to Mane and he'd done it a couple of times in the game, a couple mm. of them he was slightly off target, so he clearly had the wrong club out the bag, didn't he? But when it was needed. It was inch perfect, and he does seem to have, how I like to put it, a full range of clubs. So he can play the short, he can play the long, he can play the driven, and he can get that little chip ball. We tried it a few times this season. It's come off with Shakiri, I think it was against. Oh, I'm sure it'll come back to me, but Shakiri Sasala got one in, might have been the Europa League, uh, the Champions League game against um, Red Star Belgrade mm, at home. Yeah, I think and, it is, yeah. You know, it's it's a tactic that we can use. We need these clever players because when you're coming up against teams who are going to sit there with a bank of five or six or seven, you're going to need these runs that are going through a centre-back or a full-back to a centre-back and the clever ball over the top that catches them out because everybody expects the ball on the ground. It's the ability to play that ball and you can't defend it if it's inch-perfect. It goes out and wipes out the whole defenders in that are stood in that line and you can't say much more than that was a perfect assist and the time it took just to get it down from Mane and finished. 
after the game we had the night where he missed quite a few chances, that was impressive as well. So yeah, he was uh, he certainly put on a few people quiet and it won't go unnoticed. I don't think his performance yesterday. And the thing is, for me, he's what I think I'd say he must be still below ten appearances. <laughs> he's only got to get better. It's yeah, it's, it's a handful. I mean, I don't think we'll see the best of him till next season when he gets mm. a full run of games. So. The second half of the season, I think he'll be used tactically in games when we need to control the midfield a bit more. Games are against the lower league teams. I don't think we need them. I think we, we can get away with a two in midfield, whether that's Keita Wijnaldum, Keita Henderson, Milner Wijnaldum, whoever it may be. But come the bigger games, City, Arsenal, we're going to have to go to Old Trafford again. We're going to have to have Spurs and Chelsea at Anfield. They're the big games and obviously the Champions League games. We're going to need a player like him in the midfield to not only protect the back line, but be also progress the play on. So I think we'll see the best of him next season, but he will be used and he will be vitally important to us this season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Carl, I mean, man, a bit of a bit of a weird game yesterday. I think it's fair to say he was pretty good, but he just had some... Slightly frustrating moments, but I mean, that first goal, it was just a lovely run, lovely touch, lovely finish, wasn't it? It did. I, I mean, it reminded me of kind of the back in the, the Rafa days when, you know, we talked a lot about Fabinho's past there, but, you know, it, it was so pinpoint, it was almost like he had radar vision. And I used to always say that about Xabi Alonso, that it was like he, he, it was like he had a radar in his head and could just see the entire pitch. And, you know, there was players like, you know, Torres and the like that they knew those passes were going to come from Alonso. So they'd anticipate them. They'd make those runs. They'd get the touch, pass it, you know. And that's it was like Mane knew. I'm not sure if this is something that's happening a lot on the training ground. Klopp, you know, said that that goal, if we'd drawn the goal, that would have been the goal. So maybe that's something they were working on this week. And that for that reason, that the front lads would have been expecting those kind of passes from Fabinho. But whatever the the reason, you know, nonetheless, Mane knew exactly what to do. And but but even then, you know, it's a big game. You're under pressure. You've never scored against United before. You know, practice is one thing, but execution is another. And and he executes it perfectly. I mean, the the touch, the finish, there's nothing. De Gea, who you know had a decent game yesterday, despite chipping three goals, um, you know, could have done about that goal. It was just. Brilliant! One of one of the one of the my favorite goals we've scored this season. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, especially after the dominant start that we talked about as well. It was just it was what we needed, and it was brilliant. But from that dominant start, Jay, one of the only negatives in this game, Allison's not well. Statistically, people will be saying, "Yeah, you're chatting shit," but yeah, but I mean, statistically, Allison's now on the same. I think it's Premier League errors as Megs and Carrier throughout last season. Obviously, that's not the case because it, I think that's just on ball stuff. But um, I think there's this. Well, it's pretty much proven that goalkeepers take a bit longer to settle. Obviously, he's been brilliant. I'm not saying he hasn't, but do you think? in the future we'll see him eradicate some of these errors because it is still his first season in a different country, different language and all that jazz, but it just, it's just something that he'll improve upon, isn't it? Yeah, but it, for me it's not a big issue at all. It's not even an issue yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, every goalkeeper makes mistakes. I mean, he's the guy he made this season. He's made several. and mm. Obviously, he's got credits in the bank in the Premier League in terms of his performances the past four or five seasons. I've been phenomenal. But this season, 
he's been average, and maybe that's why United are average because their best players average this season. Lloris has made high-profile errors. Um, yeah. Leno has made a few, most notably yesterday, but <laughs> nobody in the press seems to bring this up. It also just seems to be a Liverpool goalkeeper thing that, all right, we've had a few ropey goalkeepers over the years. We all know that. We've gone big. We've brought one in who has made a difference, and he's made two errors, but it's cost us zero points, so what's the mm-hmm. big deal? I mean, we've not lost any points out of it. He'll learn, and first of all, the cross could have been stopped and should have been stopped. Mm-hmm. It's, what, it's what Virgil says all season. You just see so many clips of stop the fucking cross. He's given it to Bravo, he's given it to Trent, he's given it to Matip, he's given it to Gomez. So Lovren will have got it yesterday. Stop the cross, and no danger of that happening. And I'm not saying what happened was not an error, but it was wet, and the ball come in, and he, he does catch it to an extent. It's when he brings it down to the ground because he's diving to his side. The ball hits his knee and comes off his knee. Is that really an error or is that just a case of unfortunate luck? Which I think it is. It's not something to go putting all over the back page of the papers and all over mm-hmm. your Twitter time feed. So, no, forget it. It's not an error at all. It's just unfortunate. Didn't cost us any points. Move on. Yeah, the last thing you said there is the most important thing. It didn't cost us any points. But I thought I might as well ask because we have to. But, Carl, were you going to say something there? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I I wouldn't be concerned about the, the mistakes either. I mean, you look at the three notable mistakes to me, two were kind of taking a touch where he shouldn't have taken a touch, and one of which we were punished for, one of which we weren't. Since then, obviously, Klopp addressed it after we were punished for it, and he had a laugh about it and said, I've already said it to him. We haven't seen that since. Obviously, he's already he's already made that change. And whereas yesterday, you know, I'd kind of agree with Jay and that I'm not sure I entirely see it as a an error per se. I mean, I think there was two decisions in that goal that were costly. The first was the decision made by Lovren. Do I try and block the cross and give away a corner? You know, and United, obviously, they're a tall team. Or do I rely on my goalkeeper to catch the ball? Most people would rely on their goalkeeper to catch the ball. That's what he did. But you know, another defender might have said, screw it, I'm ragdolling myself here and putting that behind. Joe Gomez probably would have done that because that's what he's done all season is just throwing Mm. himself at every ball. But, you know, Lovren made that decision. I'm not going to be too harsh on Lovren for that, but he could have cut out the cross. Secondly, Alisson has a chance, do I catch it first time? Just try and just take it first time. You know, it's wet. He made the decision, I'm going to try and smother this down, you know, into my chest. But he was unlucky that his knee was up, it hit his knee, and, you know, the goal happened. You know, uh, neither player kind of made an error per se, but they made a decision, and they were just unfortunate that it ended up being the wrong decision because of a bit of bad luck, I suppose. But, you know, I wouldn't be too harsh on either of them, and the, the goal didn't. It worried me in the sense that, oh, here we go again, a bit of luck for United, but it didn't worry me in the sense of, oh, what's our defence playing, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I think we're well rehearsed in defensive errors, and I don't think that was one of the biggest ones we've suffered in recent years. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I think if we drew, it obviously been made into a bigger thing, but I mean, we won pretty comfortably in the end, and deservedly so, so I don't, rightfully so, I don't think much should be made of it. Um and just to finish up on the first half, I've put in the agenda, I won't say it like I put it down in the agenda, <laughs> but um, Jay, I mean, obviously we were missing 
our first choice corner takers, which are normally like Shakiri, Henderson, Milner. But my God, we're terrible at corners, aren't we? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't remember the last time we actually put some decent balls into the box from a corner. I think Wijnaldum put one or two in yesterday. We must have had about four or five takers across the whole game. Uh, Salad had a couple, Robertson, uh, Shakiri, Wijnaldum, and there was somebody else. I can't think. Maybe it was a short one from Cater. Uh, but how hard can it be to cross the ball into the box of professional footballers? <laughs> it, 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 it's so annoying because all right, we might not have got much change out of United Jesse because they are a pretty large side across all areas of the pitch. So to win balls in the air against them might have been tough. But at least put the ball in and give our lads a chance. We've got one of the best headers in the ball in Van Dijk and he's got one goal for us. Now, that's not enough. And that goal was almost a year ago when he joined the club. So, mm. we need to get more out of that. We need to exploit that. And just get the ball in there. Give, give yourself a chance. We've got players who are fast to react to things. We've seen Firmino's ability yesterday with the ball with his feet in the box. Salem and a quick to react, quick movement. So, second balls. And an extension from the corners is we never seem to win anything on the edge of the box or do anything significant with it. It's always recycled if we do win it back. But at that point, by the time it's recycled two or three passes, the defending team have pushed out to the edge of the area. I'd like to see someone just get the ball and have a get it out the feet, have a shot. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to issues later on with distance <laughs> shooting. But, but it would be nice for the ball to drop to somebody. I mean... We've had it years ago with Gerard and Alonso where the ball would drop and he'd just rifle one. If it goes goal bound and there's nine, ten bodies in the box, you get a deflection, you don't know where it's going to go. So mm. it's something we do need to look at because we, we can't exploit it. It isn't an area that we need to work on. Yeah, I mean, Carl, just your thoughts on it. I mean, we finally found something Robertson's bad at, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's quite perplexing when you consider the, the likes of Robertson... Trent and Milner are probably some of the best crossers of the ball in the league, but yet none of them are particularly good at corners. Um, I suppose Trent's probably the best of the three, but but still, I, I think Shakiri is clearly the best corner taker currently available at the club, and I think, unfortunately, our best corner taker is currently on a long layoff in the, the form of Ox. I mean, I, I'd wonder how many goals Van Dijk would have by now if 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 Ox was fit, I I think he'd he'd probably be pushing uh, double digits. Might even be um, rivaling Martin Skirtle for that. I remember that one crazy season where Skirtle was like the top scoring defender. So, <laughs> did he not get like, about seven goals that season? I think he did. Yeah. So he uh, also It wasn't his net neutral like two though, because he got to score many golden goals. <laughs> <laughs> you take the rough with the smooth with Martin. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's certainly something we need to, to, to improve. It's one of the things I think I hope Klopp is focusing on because we get so many corners that, you know, and, and as as uh, Jay said, like Van Dijk is arguably the best header of the ball in the league, you know, or at least one of them. Um, You know, we've got other players with height like Matip and, you know, he's not the best header of the ball, but you can, it's easy to put the ball on his head because he's so big. So... I mean, we've got to be doing more with, with with corners moving forward because it's it's a it's a great chance to to kind of create 
create chances. I mean, look at United yesterday. They had two corners, and you know, one of their corners actually caused us a few issues. Like it's it's, it, and they only had the two. Like so, you you've got to make them count. So hopefully, we improve that moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just one of them frustration. For, I I do agree. I think Shakiri is probably the best one, but I mean, Coutinho probably was, but he wasn't particularly good at them either. <laughs> um, but yeah, it might be something that we need to fix in in future signings. Is get a set piece taker. I mean, I think we're one of the highest scorers from set pieces, but I don't think it's corners. I think it's the free kicks. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the second half. So they bring on Fellaini for Dallo, who I think he was on a yellow card and lost his head a bit. I mean, Jay, I think we were all expecting Fellaini at some point, whether he started or came on. He's just a big nuisance. Doesn't have his floppy hair anymore, but he, he brings a certain level of not fear, just annoyance. I probably use that word again. He's just there, isn't he? He's just someone you just got to be careful of. Yeah. He's a baffling player, isn't he? I, I always made a career out of football and stayed at the top level for the limited game that he has got. You've got to take your ass off and credit him in some way, because his main talent really is being a nuisance dig into people with your elbows and your backside. He's phenomenal at bringing the ball down with his chest. You can't, you can't mm. take that away from him. He is phenomenal at that. But he come on yesterday and he just didn't seem to be having that much of the desired effect that probably Jose wanted from him. I'm sure he was brought in to get them 10, 15 yards up the pitch, shore up the midfield of it where we were, we were clearly dominant and bring in the likes of Lingard and Rashford. But we were 100% all over the pitch and we were 15, 20% faster than them to Everton every time the ball broke. I think we must have recovered the ball no more than four or five passes back from them. So mm. he is a nuisance when he comes on. and We've all seen it across the season. He's got some vital goals for them. So we, he is to be respected, but he's just an annoying player, as you say. It's, it's not someone that, when you look at Martial, you, you, you have a bit of fear because of the pace and the directness. But with him, it's just, what it's just, what is he going to do? You just don't know. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that's the best way of putting it. He just, he's, well, maybe he's lost some power now that he's cut, cut his hair. But as you say, he didn't, he didn't really have that much of an impact apart from knocking out a poor steward or medical person. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, should, you should not laugh, but you, you kind of have to, don't you? <laughs> You do. I I thought he saved it, but he actually knocked him off. <laughs> it was brilliant. Oh, dear. But um, Carl, I mean, they, it's obviously a draw coming out of the, coming into the uh, second half. But they they just seem to keep frustrating us. I mean, it it was quite a difference from the first thirty minutes that we lauded. Um, but we just didn't seem to be able to break them down. Do you think that? What do you think that was down to? I I've put here poor use of the wide areas. Um, but we just didn't seem to stretch the play at all, did we, Carl? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I, as I said earlier, when we were even in that first twenty-five, thirty minutes, you know, although the the build-up was brilliant, the the final touch wasn't quite there, and I think that that continued. And then I I think we somewhat kind of I think a little bit of doubt crept in for a few minutes after they scored. I think that kind of affected us, and it was just in, for me when they scored, the real important was just keep our heads get even if it's one all to half time doesn't matter just make sure we don't suddenly 
feel, oh no, we have to get a go ahead again and kind of stretch ourselves too much and suddenly Rashford's in on a 50-yard pass and taps it past Allison. You know, that's what we needed to avoid. And I think we've done well to do that. But I mean, certainly I think it, it was, you know, that they were frustrating us. And, and I think it was a little bit of down to probably mental, as I said, doubt. But I think that the Fellaini change probably helped us. Obviously, they hoped it would help them in that, obviously, he'd win headers. Uh, like, as I said at the start, I thought he'd start. But, you know, and he did win a couple of headers in the middle of the park and kind of launched them forward, but just didn't go anywhere. Um, and I think that kind of opened up a bit more space and allowed us, we almost kind of surrounded them and we got such a great territorial advantage. But as you said, we weren't quite making the most of it. I mean, Robertson and Klein, it's not really Klein's game to, to cross the ball anyway. It's probably his biggest weakness. And Robertson, while usually a brilliant cross at ball and had a generally a brilliant game otherwise, his crossing wasn't quite there yesterday. Um, and I just feel, as, as you, you, know, you put it perfectly, it was kind of just a little wasteful in, in wide areas. And, you know, I think... They just united, despite even without the back five, they were still so compact, kind of in and around their box. I mean, yeah, that that Firmino chance, which was a brilliant shot by him, but he had to beat like four players just to get a shot away because that's how tight United had it in in and around their box. Like it was, it was crazy. It literally was a bus. We joke about United parking a bus. It literally was a bus yesterday. They they went down to London got themselves a nice triple decker and just parked it in their box because it was just ridiculous the the lack of space and it was we just had to be patient. I mean that that's that's all you can do against that kind of setup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean if there was a United fan on here I'd be asking him, do you, do you think that's an acceptable way to set up your team? And hopefully they'd say no, but I, I, I could not watch that type of football. It would it'd be horrendous. Um but yeah, Jay, same question to you. I mean, was there anything different you saw in the stadium as why we weren't clicking in, in terms of the final ball? Cause I, I know some people have said Robbo was making the good runs and we kind of ignored him. Did you did you see that sort of stuff? Yeah, for me, Robbo was always the out ball. And the fact that they took Dalot or Dalo out and Damian, I think he was just still in the mindset of being tucked into a an intentional back three. Obviously, it was a back five, as we know. But the fact that it was uh, they always did the outboard to him and we kind of we went to him a few times but it was because they had so many players they'd shift over they'd snuff it out by the time it had got to him because it wouldn't be the cross field pass it would be two passes to get to him and obviously at that point they had the chance to move over I mean and Carl touched on Klein and for the game first game back in what three or four months or whatever it's been, or second game in about two and a half years. He did not do too bad, really. He'd done what he had to do. He, he'll always give you six, six and a half out of ten. and He's limited in what he can do, but the other things that he's good at, he, he done really well. He kept Rashford quiet pretty much all game. He kept Martial quiet when he come on. I think he only passed him once. It's just the issue of when he does go forward or when he gets past the halfway line. He has Carragher syndrome where he panics and he puts his two feet on the floor and stops and has to survey all the options where with Trent, mm. the ball is always being driven forward. It's taken on the run. And obviously that's probably to do with mentality and physical ability of the amount of injuries that Klein's had over the years. But that was one thing that I think we, 
we did struggle with yesterday was exploiting in the fully wide areas because obviously the front three tend to tuck in. But once we uh, we got into the game and second half and then the changes were made, then obviously our tactics and setup changed a little bit, and then we we moved on from there and it became a little bit more easier because we had Shakiri and he created space coming from out to win from that wide area inside and it was a better exploitation of the wide areas then because they were a bit more stretched because they had another forward-thinking player to deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, we'll move on from the frustrations and um, come on to one of the, probably the highlights of the game and Carl obviously mentioned Firmino had a shot there but his overall performance, do you think that was one of his best of the season? Because it has been a bit of a mixed season for him, I think it's fair to say. But do you think that was one of his best performances? Easily. I mean, I think we all thought Firmino was still on holiday until recent weeks because he just hadn't really... I don't know whether it was just the the kind of having to come out back in from the, the World Cup so soon and, you know, maybe it was fatigue somewhat. I'm, I'm not sure exactly... I can't exactly put my finger on the reason for it, but he definitely wasn't quite himself in in the opening few months of the season. Um, but we, we always we know we know what he is, we know how good he is, and we we knew he was going to show up at some point, and and we've seen that in recent games. And I think yesterday was just a, another step in in him getting back to to his best. Um, I mean, he, he just he looked a danger from from the word go. He he was tenacious. He was his pressing you know as as he did last season he was always the one leading the press pressing from the front we've we seen that I mean we love like his little snide pullbacks you know we've we seen one on on Rashford and he was probably lucky you know not to get a yellow card for it but you know we like to see that I think I think at times we're we're not we're not snide enough we talked about it earlier with Mane as, as Jay said you know playing on the the edge of the rules and that's what you like to see and you know I just think it was kind of bar scoring a goal it was almost kind of a, a complete Roberto Firmino performance like what you'd expect yeah. from it's great to see because I, I think he really makes us tick you know I think pe- people said he may not be our best player but he could be our most important player um, and I think he's certainly one of them probably along with Van Dyke now yeah I mean that's a bit that's a I think that's fair to say, especially coming off last season he, he's definitely one of the most important but Jay we mentioned earlier I mean, shooting from range in this game. <laughs> it's just, oh god, it's it's one of them games we, I've not seen. We've not seen it in a while. This frustration from shooting from range. I mean, it was probably a Coutinho trait more than anyone, but it was just one of them games. Fabinho was bad at. I mean, we saw a Lovren shot which killed me. Um, it was ju- it was just very frustrating until Shakiri came on, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And obviously, there's the stack going round that every outfield player had an attempt on goal is the best oh. way of putting it because some of them weird shots they were an attempt at yeah. doing something uh, but yeah when the likes of Klein and Lovren are trying to rasp in 40 yarders from the middle of the pitch you just know no it's not for you boys you 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 stick to what you know and you leave that to the better players and the better ability but it did start to become a little bit panicky and a little bit desperate and Obviously, we sort of lost our way, and from the first half, we were fizzing it round, and obviously going back to Fabinho's assist of the little dink over the top. Um, but yeah, we it, it became a, bit, a little bit panicky, and then obviously the quality did come on with Shakiri, and obviously we know what happened from there, and a couple of 
lucky touches we could say but if you're in the right place and you don't roll the dice you never know what you're going to win mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely we'll move on from shooting from distance because it's just as I said it's not happened for a while um, Carl Shakiri comes on on the 70th minute uh, and he does come on for Kater. Before we get on to Shakiri and his brilliance, um, what what did you make of Kater? I mean, he obviously just came off an injury and stuff like that. I mean, he seems to be resettling back in. But he's not... I don't want to say he's not hitting expectations, but is he taking a bit longer to set the world alight than you thought, Carl? I think we've seen some, some standout performances from him. He was, he was excellent against Bournemouth. Um, so he's definitely getting there. Um, yesterday... Okay, you know, let's be frank, he wasn't as good as he was against Bournemouth, but I mean, he was there was plenty of energy from him. He he was he wasn't shying away from getting stuck in. He was at one point, obviously in the lead up to their um, offside goal, he tracked back Rashford. You know, he kept up with him, and I thought it was harsh even to give a free, in my my opinion. But I mean, I liked I liked the effort from him, and you know, much like Mane in much of the first half, I thought, you know, he he did the right things, but then it was just the final touch or the final pass would just let him let him down. But I mean, I, I'm not I, I'm not concerned at all about Kaito. Like, there's he's arguably one of, if not the most talented footballer that we have at, at our disposal. Looking at like his ability, the, the guy can do anything. And I think it will click for him. And, and we are, as I said, starting to see a click for him. And I think as, as weeks go on, you know, he's just going to improve and improve. And I think as Jay said, you know, talking about Fabinho, we're probably not going to see Fabinho against Wolves and Newcastle, or at least not one of them. And why would we, given how much of the ball we're going to see in those games? I mean, I've, I've been saying it in the run-up to this run of games that I think those two teams have two of the lowest kind of average possessions in the league. And but who's going to be good in those games? But Kaita, just like he was good against Bournemouth. I mean, you know, it is about horses for courses, and I think they're the games where we're really going to see the best of of Kaita. I feel is is against Wolves and, and Newcastle, and you know, sides that you know kind of just. To- I know United surrendered the ball, but you know they are, <laughs> they're going to take it to to another extreme, and I think that you know we're we're going to see a lot from them as as the weeks roll on. Yeah, I think you've done. I think you put that perfectly. Um, Jay, second goal. I mean, I think we we obviously talked about the lack of use of wide areas, but Mane finally got wide, and I put he retired Damian. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, he stood him up and knocked him down pretty damn quickly, didn't he? I mean, we know that Mane's got that ability, and it can be frustrating sometimes just for them not to do it. You, you can see he slows the when he slows the ball or stops the ball dead faces up a player, he's probably one of the best in the league at then that three or four yards burst of electric pace and the player hasn't even moved one foot and he's already three foot behind him mm. or gone past him and he, he's got that ability and it's something that we are crying out for when you get teams like that and I think I've said it on another pod, Man City scores so many goals where they get to the byline and cut it back why aren't we? Like we've got the players in Salah and Mane who can get to the byline and get the, the ball back. They've got the ability, they've got the pace. And if they do that, we have got people to break into the box, whether it be Kaiser, Shakiri yesterday. Uh, Wijnaldum found himself on the edge of the box a few times also yesterday. So 
look what Sorry, happened. We, Napoli we, as well, didn't we? Yeah, we. I mean, just if you get the ball in a dangerous area, it creates panic within the defence. And all right, it took a couple of bobbles around uh, one of the United defenders. It flicked off the gaze foot, and when it did eventually force security, it took a nice spin off the underneath of Ashley Young's foot. But if you don't get in them areas and create a bit of panic, then you're not going to get the chances from it. So we do need to do it a bit more and we have got the players there to do it. So it was nice to see Shaqiri come on and have an impact. And just something I picked up earlier on on Twitter was in the games we played the last uh, few weeks this month, Harigi versus Everton, Firmino versus Burnley, Shaqiri versus Man United, all come on as substitutes and scored within five to ten minutes. Now, a lot of us, including myself, have also given out to Klopp. He's too slow with the subs. When it's mm. obvious, we do need to make a change. Well, them changes this past month have really, really paid off for us. They've, they've won us nine points, in effect, because at all them points in the games we were drawing. So you've got to give Klopp some credit for the fact that when he has seen a change to be made, he's managed to make the right player... Um, come on and make such an impact such shortly after coming on. So, you know, we've got to give him a little bit of credit for that. We do slag him off for waiting until 65, 70, 75 minutes sometimes, and we can all see what's required. But yesterday it was on 70 minutes that Shikari come on. It gives him 20 minutes. It's probably for me, if, you, if you're going to need a, a game-changing player, at least 20 minutes is what you should be getting. For me, it's 25 to half an hour, so a player can get warm into the game and get up to the tempo and speed. But obviously, Shaqiri didn't need that yesterday. No, not absolutely. I think he scored both his goals within 10 minutes of coming on. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carl, your thoughts on the second goal and then the third goal as well. I mean, the second, you can obviously say man is destroyed someone but the third one again another deflection I think it's a bye this time but I mean Shakiri's came on added he's got he's pretty much got up 10 yards further in the pitch before shooting rather than everyone else taking digs from 30 yards is probably the best way I'd put it yeah he, he you know he, he knows he's such a clever player he knows kind of when he's gotten himself in into the, the right space to, to take a shot on rather than just shooting on sight like some of our players were yesterday um, I mean, Jose tried to make something of the, the deflections, you know, that it was only one all because of deflections. But, you know, I'd 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 make t- two two arguments there. One's one's a little tongue in cheek. You know, first, you know, pe- people talk about pool or snooker being a, a game of geometry. Maybe football can be at, at times, too. Who knows? Maybe Shakiri, maybe his maths teacher back in Switzerland is sitting there with a, a tear oh. in his eye, proud of all that studying, you know. Um, who knows? But uh, the other thing I'd say is if you go with the tactics United went with, which packing your box, then you're leaving a lot of targets for the ball to deflect off. You're taking that risk, you know, by packing your box so much. And, and that's what United done. Um, you know, so I credit Shakiri for kind of getting in the right space and I credit him for, for having a crack. And if maybe he had a, a little bit of luck with the deflections, who cares? A goal's a goal. And uh, I was just glad that we got that third goal because, you know, I, I kind of, I never thought United were going to get back into it at two and you could see the faces on them. They they looked a defeated team, but nonetheless, you, you've got to, you've got to just seal it. And, and that's what we done with, with that third goal. And, it's just 
Shakiri, you know, I think we should start calling him the United Whisperer now. It's two two games against United, and he's destroyed them both times. Are you really counting preseason there, Carl? I am because it's United, you know. <laughs> Probably not any other team, but it's United. Uh, so and it wasn't just an average goal, was it? Let's be honest, in preseason. Oh, God, yeah, I just remembered that. It's actually a filthy goal. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, we're nearly up to an hour. Just a couple more things I want to mention, but we'll finish up on on the actual game with man of the match. I mean, we've mentioned a good few players here. Um, Jay, who who would you say is your man of the match for this game? Uh, for me, it was between Fabinho and Ginny. Now, mm, Ginny's for, a good, interesting show. Well, obviously, Sai Brundish put out a few uh, interesting tweets over the past twenty four hours, but. The one that stood out to me was he was on the pitch yesterday. He had the most touches, the most passes, the most possession wins, the most final third passes, and the most chances created. Now, if that's not an all-round fantastic performance, then I don't really know what is. However, Fabinho, 83 touches, 66 passes, of which 28 of those were forward. Now, we all know the agenda behind backwards and sideways passes. Let's not go there. Um <laughs> Six long passes completed, five shots, two of which were on on schedule to go on target. Three take-ons, he created two chances and got an assist. So, all-round midfield performance gets the man of the match award from me. But then, obviously, small mention for Shaqiri, come on and did win the game. But 20 minutes for me is not enough to want a man of the match performance Mm. unless you are coming on a 2-1 down, scoring a hat-trick. And walking off, pumping your chest, then. Or Origi. What? No, that it wasn't even mind the match. That was just. Oh, man, come on. That was just moment of the match. Or moments of moments of the season, if you're a blue nose, because uh, it was the <laughs> final. But yeah, Fabinho for me, but obviously special mention for Ginny, who seems to have gone under the radar of how good he was yesterday and. He is the one constant that is in the midfield. Like obviously, he stayed in the team from Napoli. He played 65 midweek. So, for me, he's probably Klopp's most important midfielder because he can play a range of positions. So, yeah, we we don't uh, big him up enough. But when he does have a game like that, because he does get the ghost tag quite a lot, you do need to obviously give him a small mention that he was pretty phenomenal yesterday. No, I mean, that's certainly a good shot. I, I hadn't seen that tweet from Sai. And again, I, I thought, I didn't realise Ginny was that impactful on the game myself. <laughs> I think I was, I think I may have got caught up with the Fabinho stuff. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Carl, who who would you give man of the match? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a simple one for me that it, it has to be Fabinho because just from the, the moment go, he was just fantastic. But I mean, I, I think there was some excellent performances. Genie, you know, as, as Jay said, was brilliant. Um, I think uh, Shakiri obviously you you won't see a better cameo all season most likely for from our end especially because we aren't usually the best with substitutions 
um, client I want to give a shout out to because coming back after so little football and kind of shackling Rashford, who was a player, he's one of the few United players, even in the here and now, that, that I'd rate. And Martial again, who he had a torrid time against in, in a previous game. You know, he, he kept him quiet. They never kind of gave him any trouble. And, and as I said, people had Klein pointed out as a weakness. Jose Mourinho clearly had him pointed out as a weakness, but he, he dealt well with it. And, you know, I, I want to say, you know, I know he's great every game. So, you know, it doesn't really need saying, but it does need saying in that Van Dyke within 10 minutes had Lukaku sulking. Lukaku didn't want to play for the rest of the game. I don't know how he stayed on the pitch because <laughs> he, he did. Like I think Alan Shearer kind of made, pointed it out last night on match of the day. Like Lukaku didn't want to be involved. I think like within ten minutes he was like it was like he was a little kid getting bullied at school and he's just like I don't want to be here. Like he's just walking around the pitch sulking. Like Van Dyke absolutely destroyed him. He just he just put a put a stamp on him and that was you're you're out of this game. And I mean to be able to do that to, to such a kind of physical beast as as Lukaku is you know it's 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 commendable yeah I mean that's a good shout that's a good shout I mean Van Dyke not a lot to do but uh, he did he did pocket Van Dyke uh, he did pocket Lukaku pretty comfortably I'd say I'm gonna have to give it to Fabinho because I yeah it just does just look at him the big horrible man love it <laughs> so that's Fabinho for me um before we finish up, I mean, it, it was the draw was earlier on. I think they're gonna they're doing a, a Euro incision on Pro and stuff like that. Um, but I think we're the first pod since it's been announced. We've got Bayern Munich in, in the Champions League uh, first knockout stage or whatever it's called. I mean, Jay, just your initial reaction to finish up? Yeah, take that. Um, we could have done a lot worse. In all honesty, I didn't want Juventus. I mm-hmm. didn't barely want Barcelona. Um, also, what was available to us, obviously, we would have. Love to have Porto again after what we did to them last season. Didn't really fancy Dortmund at this stage. Um, a bit later on, when there's a bit more in the tie, I think that would have been a bit more meaty. Uh, the only two I would have wanted otherwise would have been Real Madrid or Porto. But yeah, we take Bayern. Um, they're an aging side. We all know that. They're, they're struggling this season for Bayern Munich standards in the Bundesliga. They're, they're well behind Dortmund as it stands. Um, I think they sat in fair behind Munch and Gladbach as well. So I would fancy us against them. They're, they're not going to be happy drawing Liverpool. So nobody would wanted to draw us. So, yeah, we I'll, we take that game. We we move on. We put it to one side. It's eight, nine weeks away, I think, until the, mm-hmm. the first leg. There's a lot of football to be played in between now and a lot of big games for us. So, yeah, we it's something to look forward to in the new year. And... Yeah, take it. The, we'll move on. And one small note on, you know, the, the rest of the draw, it seemed like the UEFA favourites got their way again. City, Barca, Real, nice draws again. But let's not be one for conspiracy theories, eh? <laughs> uh, to be fair, Real Madrid did beat, like, Bayern Munich and Juve last season to get to the final. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... It, it always happens. At least Man United didn't get a good one for once. <laughs> um, they're going out. But, uh, Carl, your reaction to Bayern? Yeah, I mean, I'm much like Jay, I'm, I'm happy enough with Bayern. I mean, I, I tweeted before the draw, uh, Porto, Bayern, Real are the three sides I'd prefer we get in that order. Juventus for the defence, Barca for Messi. 
and dormant for their current form are the three sides I'd prefer we avoid at the moment. So once I knew we'd avoided those three sides, I was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, there's no real easy draws except probably Porto. No disrespect, <laughs> but they are clearly a lot weak. One of these things is not like the others. You know, they're a lot weaker than the other uh, top seeds we could have gotten. You know, I know some of our fans wanted Real because of the thought of revenge, but I just feel Real still have a, a quality central midfield. And I, you know, I think Gareth Bale is a bit of a bogey player for us. You know, he doesn't really play that well against other teams most of the time for Real, but he seems to just show up against us no matter who he's playing for. So, you know, I, I'm, I prefer Bayern. Don't get me wrong, Bayern are a brilliant side. They have a lot of experience. They were unlucky against Real Madrid last year. Um, and if Bayern beat us, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. But I do, I fancy us. I think our, our pace will cause them a lot of problems. They're an aging side. You know, Hummels is one of my favorite defenders, but he's not exactly quick on his feet. You know, none are, nor are many of their other players. So, you know, it, I give us an edge in that tie and, and they're probably the second best tie for me that we could have gotten. So I'm I'm happy enough. And it's, it's a good game as well. Like it's a big game. So, I mean, you, you couldn't really ask for much more. Yeah, and it's something different. I don't think we've played Bayern Munich for a long while as well, so at least it's something a bit different. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only concern is the Van Dyke's out the first game, but that'll be covered on previews. I imagine Andy will do that whenever the game actually is. But uh, before we finish up, we'll come to plugs. Um, Jay, anything you want to let the people know about? Uh, not really. Um, hopefully, squeezing a fancy pod that we can get on this week at some point. So obviously, we've missed the last few weeks. I've not really wanted to appear because I've been bang average uh, so if we can get on this week hopefully if everyone's time fits up look out for the fantasy football pod games are coming thick and fast over the next few weeks so we'll have a few uh, game weeks obviously to talk about and look forward to so look out for that one yeah good shout there I think I hope there'll be one this week <laughs> there was meant to be one the last couple of weeks as well but it's just not happened um, Carl I imagine we've got a joint plug haven't we we do indeed. Um, I think it was strategic time on your part having yeah. me on today because our preview for 2019 and gaming just went live this morning. So it's, it's worth a check. We, we go through kind of the games we're hyped for next year and a, a little bit of speculation on kind of console announcements and the like. So it, it's certainly worth checking out. Um, and we should have a couple more things kind of keep an eye out there a little couple of things we're going to release over the holidays and a couple of special episodes so keep an eye out for those yeah absolutely do do check out the one up account as well which i think is at one up underscore ai but it, it's in my twitter handle uh, bio thing if it's not that uh, but yeah thanks for listening everybody thanks for joining me you too goodbye let's get ready to Podcast Network.